Hello and welcome everybody to this week's edition of the Wildstorm Addiction Podcast. This is episode number three for the weeks of April 28th and May 5th. I'm Ben Murphy. And I'm Joe David Talis. And this week we have a ton of stuff to go over, so we're just going to get right into it. But beforehand, Joe has a little announcement. <laughs> yeah, um, first of all, thanks again to everybody who's been downloading our podcast. We have get, gotten some really good numbers uh, for a brand new podcast, and we really do appreciate everybody's support. So keep spreading the word. And um, just to let you know, we haven't really mentioned this at the beginning of each of our other podcasts, but we... Um, we do want to let you know that, that we do talk about spoilers on here. And the reason we decided to do that is for two reasons. One, usually by the time this is posted, some of the comics we're covering are, are either a week old or two weeks old. So we figure, you know, hey, you know, might as well just talk about everything. And, and two, you know, if, you, if we really want to have a good discussion about it, it's kind of hard to be saying, well, so this character and that character, you know, and not mention any names. <laughs> It's really hard to have a good discussion like that. So, you know, we just want to let you know that ahead of time, and that's why we do try to do uh, timestamps in the show notes, so that way if there's an issue you don't want to hear us talk about, feel free to skip ahead and then come back later and listen to it. So, just want to let everybody know that. All right. Thanks, Joe. Well, we're going to kick it off this week with uh, Wildcats number 22. I don't know what to say. I mean, this issue was awesome from beginning to end i mean it i guess it it was a slower issue because it was a setup issue with uh spartan docking to everybody on the carrier or not the carrier skywatch skywatch right yeah oh i forgot to mention uh the writer cat is adam beachin and the pencil cat is tim seeley <laughs> we've never really talked about this but the the titles that they do for wildcats and it's been for the last couple what i would say four months or so they instead of putting you know writer writer penciler inker etc they add cat to the end of all of them which is kind of funny but <laughs> i mean i i guess it's kind of cool cuz you know they they all want to be a, a wildcat so anyways side sidebar yeah well they're having fun with it <laughs> <laughs> so getting into it this issue really is a setup issue and it's spartan uh, bringing all of the superheroes that are left over from World's End um, and kind of getting them all together to discuss uh, what they're going to do from here on out, how they're going to start to actually put some structure back into the world without a heavy hand like the Authority once did whenever they started things out. Um, we see these awesome spreads by Tim Seeley all labeled and we see characters that we haven't seen in eons really and some are very obscure some are really popular characters that we haven't seen in a long time just really cool panels there's inside jokes from you know team seven here and there there's an awesome not a battle but a uh, a battle of words and wits to say with a uh, zealot and midnighter um, that sparked up quite a conversation on the boards this week. Um, there was a really odd uh, decision by Maul to kind of go Zealot's way and uh, kind of walk away from the whole thing. She didn't really seem to like Spartan's uh, 
ideas about where where things should go from here. She actually, her attitude was more like the authorities when they took over the United States. And she really wants to just, you know, do things and, and put the world back to where it was. Whereas, you know, Spartans kind of being like, hey, we we did this as as superhumans. We did this to the world, essentially. And uh, they're trying to, you know, put the world back together with some thought behind it. You know, him being, you know, a synthetic being. It's it's interesting. Half a synthetic being now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Because he's floating on this pod. He lost his legs, but apparently has all all of his other you know, wits. Um, he really, you know, he's running the show in this, in this issue and, um, kind of, I, I wouldn't say he's setting up teams, but he is in a way, uh, grouping people together to do certain tasks. He sends a battalion out and winter <laughs> has some, has some good thoughts about that. He's, you know, with voodoo, they're still trying to find the true doctor. Uh, he sends battalion out with lady Tron. <laughs> That's good. That's a, that's a great combination right there. Yeah, definitely an odd couple. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we get a little bit of the mystery of what happened to Majestic. And we we get to see Nemesis, which you know we all thought was dead. So that was a pretty big revelation there. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was totally intended. Um, <laughs> the other big reveal at the end of this issue is uh, Spartan picking Grunge as his second in command, basically. And even he is like, um, what are you doing, dude? I'm like dumb as a brick, and you're choosing me <laughs> to do all this work? I mean, he's not dumb as a brick, but you know what I mean. He's not. He's never been written as the smartest person in the world, even though he is intelligent. And it's just interesting to see Spartan, you know, not fathering him, but being like, hey, this is your time to step up and actually become an adult and, you know, do something to help out in a serious manner. I just thought that was an interesting scene. And you see how much he takes it to heart and that he realizes that his role is, you know, really going to change. Overall, it, you know, I really thought it was a great issue. It's a good starting off point for people that haven't read Wildcats. I realize it, it wasn't an action, action-packed issue, but... For somebody that's been following it for a long, long time, this is really cool to see where this is going to go from here. you have anything you'd like to add to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Some of the things, like Ben said, you know, it really is, uh, I talked about it in my review on the site, it's the the explanation scene. Uh, George Lucas talks about that from his Indiana Jones uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where basically Indy's talking about you know, is laying it out on the chalkboard, you know, this is the arc and this is what we're doing and that's exactly what's going on here. This is yeah. this is the explanation issue, you know. And which was needed because, you know, you had three issues of an all out, you know, Michael Bay movie and <laughs> you know, even in Michael Bay movies we need time to slow down and catch our breath and <laughs> see what's going on and that's exactly what they're doing here. Um, like you said, there are I mean a ton of characters, you know, it's like you almost wish this was Wikipedia and you could just click on each name because they do they do put a name near each character, which is very helpful. Yeah. It needs to go to the it needs to go to the resource wiki. That's right that's right. <laughs> but um yeah, a couple of the things like what you mentioned, like about Nemesis. You know, the, the, the thing about her coming back 
you know, we like we've got a cover by Walt Simonson, by the way, which the other half was in Authority Number Twenty One, and um, they're really cool. But Wildstorm's gone with this, you know, theme of all the covers this year basically connect to two titles, and they're done, you know, by some big name artists. But they're basically just, you know, team shots, and everybody who's accounted for has been there since the since the first issue in January. So Nemesis has been on every cover. And so that's why, that's the one thing that I felt was kind of lost with her reveal. It's like, we kind of already knew that that was her because she's been on the cover, you know. And I think she was even shown, if I'm not mistaken, in one of the authority issues, like in the crowd. So that that was kind of like, that, that was one of my things with the, with the, with these uh, covers, that they give too much away. <laughs> well, I think somebody said don't read too much into them. So I, I kind of ignored that. But, I mean, I, I feel like we've been running into a lot of setup issues lately, mm-hmm. you know, because of uh, writer changeovers and, and just where the arcs have landed. But with this one, I, I ain't mad at it. You know what I mean? Like, it was a really good setup issue. Yeah. I, it read quickly, and I was like, wow, that was awesome. I can't wait to read the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes setup issues are really, really boring. But this one? Yeah. Flat out. I gave it a nine. I was excited to read the next one. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was cool. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. It, it was really good for, for basically a talking talking issue. You know, there is no action at all. And But like you said, some of them, it's the battle of the words. You know, uh, yeah. one other interesting thing to note, too, is that in that big shot with all the heroes, we see one of the new heroes who people have been asking who this is. There's a character on here named Aeons, or Eons. I'm not sure how they, how, how they were going to pronounce that, but uh, he's another one that's been on all the covers, and nobody knows who he is. I mean, there's about a lot of speculation, but um, but it's just kind of like a tease, you know. And I'm real curious to see who that is. If it's a new character, if it's an old character, for whatever reason, obviously hiding his identity. You know, it'd be cool to see what's going to happen there so right anyway um yeah i i i gave it an eight just because um i don't know i i mean it was it was good uh i knew i guess because i i respected it for what it was yeah right you know so but anyway yeah i gave it an eight which is still on its way to greatness you know and i don't think i've given this title anything lower since tim seeley and anna beach and took it over so <laughs> anyway good issue uh and it's not too far to backtrack to know the previous three issues if you know if anybody wants to catch on what's going on but yeah this is a nice quiet issue if you haven't been reading right anyway let's go ahead and move on to our next title which is the authority the lost year number eight where the story is by grant morrison keith giffen <clears throat> and i'm not sure how to say this last name but jm damatis <laughs> with art by david williams and the cover is by gene ha and <clears throat> I really, you know, the thing about some of these creator names, I feel so bad because I don't really have a, a way to find out how to say them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I'm going to have to say his name a lot. And so I apologize for butchering your name during this interview because <laughs> Demades is a, is a big name in comics, you know. He, he wrote um, the Justice League title in the 80s which is what the cover that Gene Haan does here is an homage to. Um, best way I can sum it up, it's the one, it's the, it's the run with the famous scene of uh, 
Batman punching Guy Gardner, knocking him down. That's like the famous scene from that run that everybody talks about because it's referenced later. So that's the run that uh, that Demati's did, and it was. And I I read some of it. I mean, uh, so I kind of got his style and what he was doing. Is like that was the time when when the JLA was like the big guns were gone and Batman was one of pretty much the only big gun there that I remember it was all the second stringers coming in helping. And it was kind of, I don't, I want to say tongue in cheek, but that's important to note because that's exactly what they're doing here in lost year number eight. Um, you know, the authority have been traveling through the bleed during this, this series. This series obviously takes place before world's end. Um, so, you know, we're following into different worlds, which is not a new concept for the Authority. Uh, we've also run into alternate versions of themselves, which is also not a new concept for the Authority. But um, this time around, they run into an alternate version of themselves on an Earth where the Authority is treated more like traditional superheroes, I guess you could say. Uh, the interaction between like Midnighter and Apollo, for example, first of all, the whole thing about whether or not, whether or not they're gay is kind of left ambiguous, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, I'm sure there's a play on that, too. <laughs> right. But, um, but that's like the joke. In fact, it's like, it's like reading a sitcom about the authority. Okay? That's the best way I can describe it. It's like, you know, you, Apollo and Midnighter are like the odd couple in this world. Mm-hmm. And Midnighter is always trying to come up with some sort of scheme to make make money. And in this particular issue, he has the the rest of the, their team has gone off to find some fight some supervillain, and they didn't come back. So instead of going to help him, he decides, well, the carrier's free. Let me rent it out as condo space. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like what? <laughs> Obviously, what they're doing here is they're they're trying to go for that kind of comedic comedic appeal that Demati's did with with Justice with uh, Justice League. And the thing is in reading this issue, I got what they were doing, but I just didn't find it that funny, you know, and there were some moments in here that that should have been really funny. Uh like you'll see on the site the image I chose from this is- issue is hard to it was hard to find a good one that I that I really wanted to show because there was not really much anything to spoil. But I think the image that personified what they were trying to do here is an image of the Wildstorm Earth Jack Hawksmore punching the alternate Earth Jack Hawksmore in the crotch. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just go to the site, look up my review, and you'll see it. It's, it's a great image. But like I said, I, I think this is one of those... What I what I liken it to, it's like like I said, Demati's is a, is a is a uh, you know a good writer, and I knew that this is what they were going to do. I knew this is kind of what they were going to shoot for, but it's kind of like going to watch a movie with a really popular comedian, and then for whatever reason, the movie just kind of falls flat. And I don't know, like I said about this issue, that it just wasn't that funny, and I, I knew that's exactly what they were going for. On the flip side of that, though. Artist um, David Williams, I thought his art was really good cons- for for what they were doing here, especially with his facial expressions, because he had a lot of stuff in here where you know, I mean, it was just kind of goofy expressions based on what was going on, and um, 
So that, to me, they succeeded in the visuals in getting the comedy across. But I don't know what it was about the the actual dialogue and the situations, and I just um, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I want as much as I would have liked to. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I, I think we're on the same boat with this. Uh, I I'm not gonna beat it to death. I mean, like you said, I I didn't enjoy reading it as well. Actually, I struggled to get through it. I, this may sound crazy, but I actually only gave it a two. I, I had a hard wow. time getting through it. I mean, not to say anything against the writers or the artists. I mean, the art to me, I I think it was a good pick for what the issue was trying to do, but it didn't ring any bells with me. I, I don't have much to say. I, I, I mean, the whole series, I, I get what they're doing. You know, it's, it's very serialized. It's, you know, what's going on this week? Where are they? You know, what are they going to run into? And And that's cool. But this week didn't work for me. <laughs> so hopefully it'll go somewhere else. Well, you know, we have we have another issue that'll close up this arc. And and, and I think, you know, I, I ended up giving it a six, which is just above average. And I think, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't want to be too harsh with it, you know. But Hey, I... I I, we gotta let our audience know that not everything Wildstorm puts out is great. So, <laughs> sorry, this one didn't yeah. work with me. <laughs> yeah, well, see that that just you know that lets us keep our credibility because they don't think <laughs> that we're just a bunch of fanboys. <laughs> but uh, I know I've been accused of that. Um, <laughs> but I think this series is just um, frustrating. Is what it is. It's because. There was so much bad blood with this series to begin with, with yeah. Grant Morrison leaving it. So you already came into it with that, you know, and he and he had a really good setup, I thought. And then since then, it's had some good ideas, but some of the executions, or maybe it's not the executions. I'll tell you one thing that that I I I don't appreciate about this series is that the arcs are only like two two issues. Like here at the end, we're getting down to two issue arcs. At the beginning, we had, I think, a four or a three. Yeah. And then down to three, and then these last couple were two, which the last arc was a really great setup, and they just did away with it in two issues, you know? And it's like, why would you even, you know, it's like teasing us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we're a little spoiled because, you know, we're used to six-issue creator-owned arcs, and, you know, we're used to... at least four issue arcs on regular, you know, Wildstorm Universe series. So, I mean, if they really wanted to do, you know, the serialized stuff where it's something new each issue, that's great. But, like, from the outset, it should have been, you know, kind of planned as that. And right now it seems like you're right. They're shortening every single one. So it seems, you know, like it wasn't well planned. Yeah, well, the the thing is... Like, we just finished talking about Wildcats. You know, Seeley and, and Beechin came in and said they're going to do three-issue arcs and then, you know, keep going from there so people can jump on. So I don't have a problem with those shorter arcs, you know, because that three-issue arc they did was great in Wildcats, but it's just not working here. You know, if they want to do one issue at a time, great. I, I, I kind of miss those those issues that are just one. But other than that, you know, this is kind of that weird, there's a weird spot in between that. You know, the two-issue thing just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So, anyway, like I said, 
I'm going to follow it to the end. It's only got four issues left, but there's really not much to this series, honestly. I mean, we already know where the authority goes from here because we've been following them in World's End. Right. All right, moving on. We have a new creator-owned series um, called Garrison, and it's by Jeff Mariotti and Francisco Francavilla. Uh, does the art and the cover. Um, this this whole series, I think, you know, I think people are excited for this. I hope people are. Um, I, I think, you know, like I said, I feel like we've been running into a lot of setup issues. And this one is. However, there's a lot of mystery in this one. And even on the cover, there's a question mark on the guy's face. Um, <laughs> you know, who is Garrison? So this issue is about, I guess, this mysterious guy who is a, uh, I guess, a serial killer. They call him a serial killer. I guess he is because he kills a lot of guys. But uh, this is set in a world where it's almost like Minority Report. There is there is a lot of surveillance. Um, they can see this guy, but they can't find him, which I guess is the reason why he he's interesting and the reason why they need to nail him. <laughs> um, he's not necessarily killing people for just kicks. It seems to be that, you know, he has a moral code about him and he's killing people that are, uh, I, I guess, bad natured. I, I don't know how else best to put it. They're not necessarily horrible people and it's not things that he's doing just, out of the blue. Um, there is a point where he has a chance to kill somebody and he doesn't. So he's not, you know, just a slasher. He, there's, there's something going on with him that we don't know yet. Um, it, like I said, there's a lot of mystery behind him. We, we do meet some, they're not FBI, but they're an agency. I'll, I'll just call them that just natural national bureau of surveillance. They call it the NBS. So, like I said, there's a lot of surveillance, like not fancy like minority reports, but it's just there. More real world. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like what they're doing in, in some cities where they're putting up a lot of surveillance. So it's not everywhere, but in this, it is. So we meet, what is her freaking name? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jillian, jeez. I'm trying to find her last name because... Is that her name for real? Yeah. I was going to say, because I was about to say it's Scully. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's not Scully, it's Jillian Anderson who plays Scully. <laughs> right. You do get that vibe in the first, you know, 10 pages of this whenever, you know, she's out with another agent and, you know, they actually run into Garrison and he immediately kills the agent that is with her without even explaining himself other than to say after he does it, he was going to kill you anyway, which is interesting because we know nothing about this guy and he just walks up to them, shoots him and walks off. Basically very little interaction with her, no explanation why he does this. And I guess technically saves her life. Very mysterious. After those first 10 pages, which are really cool, well thought out, very well drawn. It it, it it slows down 
It, it really does. I mean, there's a little bit, I mean, it really goes into her life um, immediately after trying to wrap her head around what just happened to her, you know, the agent that she was hanging out with. They're not partners per se, but there, there was a romance there and, you know, he just comes up and blows his head off. So she is trying to get her life back together the few days after that happened. And it, it slows down big time. You know what the pace really reminds me of? is kind of like a TV show. Because I, I, I wanted to say, and I might have even said it in my review, I wanted to say a movie, but, but the more that I'm looking back at it, I, I would say no, more TV show. And the reason I say that is mainly because TV shows are usually subject to their budgets. And we get this, you know, basically big explosion at the beginning. And, you know, we get a lot of footage of him doing his thing. And like you said, it slows down and shows shows more of her and shows a little bit of him at the end. But but that that's, that's what I would liken it to. You know, it's almost like the pace of a TV show. It's like, okay, they got a budget and this is as much as they can show us, but they're trying to show us as much as they can without, you know, blowing their budget. So no, no, you're right. That's, that's exactly what it's like. You know, the first half is dedicated to these big, huge sweeping explosion, really fast paced action. And then the next, you know, 10 or I guess eight or nine are, you know, her kind of winding down from that. And, you know, we're getting a little bit of background on who she is and what, what this agency is is kind of doing to find out about Garrison and then right at the end it picks up the pace again and we go back to him and where he is now and what's going on and it's fast paced action again and then you're kind of left with a you know a cliffhanger so you're right it, it is set up very much like a tv show dead on good call I, I thought it was above average I gave it a six um I'd like to see where it goes from here you know, it, it gives the readers something to look forward to. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be my favorite series, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing the the thing that I saw, I, I gave it a, a 7, which is slightly above average. Uh, just because, like you said, it's a, it's a good setup issue, and it kind of introduces to the characters. And, you know, unlike Sparta, I don't feel like my head's hurting from trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This is a much simpler read. I mean, yes, there's mystery involved, Mm -hmm. but it's very basic. Who is this person? Why is he doing this? That's easy to understand. Yeah, I'd like him. I'd like him to what he's doing. It seems more like like vigilante style stuff. Obviously, they're going to call him a serial killer, you know, but but the, the kind of people he's going after. Even the guy at the end, who I think you were talking about, is not necessarily evil. It's just a douche on the street, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And and I think that is where it's going. I mean, what he is doing seems to be vigilante. But, you know, we see this death toll that he's, you know, strewn across their area. So, yeah, you're right. They call him a serial killer. Yeah. So we'll see how that pans out in the future. That's probably where it's going. So, yeah. Like I said, there's mystery in this, but it seems um, generic's too harsh of a word. But like, you know, we only have six issues unless they drop something big. You kind of know where it's going. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes next issue. I mean, uh, we'll see. 
Uh, Jeff Mariotti's, you know, I, I I remember his stuff from back in the old old Wildstorm stuff. You know, he's done a lot of stuff for Wildstorm, for the Wildstorm U. So he's got some interesting ideas. So uh, I'm I'm willing to see where he's where he's going to take this. So me too. Okay, speaking of Wildstorm U books, let's move on to another another good one. This that came out, which is the Authority number twenty two. So get the lost year out of your head for a while. <laughs> and this is a. This is the you know the world's end title, and you know I, I don't think I haven't heard anybody out there that's confused by that because it's pretty it's pretty obvious the two and you know the the ironic thing is a lot of people cried foul the whole time during World's End that you know that wasn't their authority and now that they've switched the teams it really is not their authority you know right. but yet but yet we have the lost year out there and people are not following it <laughs> you know or it doesn't seem to be doing very well so. Well, sidebar, I I don't know how people could get that confused. I mean, my God, how many different varieties of X-Men do we have, et cetera? Yeah. <laughs> like, please, there's two authorities to pick up. You yeah. can't mistake the two. It's not a big deal. Like, Yeah. No, well, that's why I said I haven't heard anybody say it. I, and I, I, would, I would hate to think that anybody would get confused. But, you know, if you go from alternate reality where... Jack Hawksmore's punching somebody in the crotch, and then you pick up this one, and all of a sudden, you know, it's Flint and Grifter and Deathblow, you know, fighting uh, vampires. You're like, whoa, what happened? You know? <laughs> so, right. The Authority number 22 is written by Tom Taylor. He's coming, this is his first issue of The Authority coming on after the last creative team left, and he's bringing artist Mike Miller with him. And the cover is by Pete Woods, and the other half of that cover will be on Wildcast number 23. And. This, uh, the strength of this series, I mean, first of all, you know, we talked about how, you know, we missed, we were going to miss the old creative team, obviously, because they were doing so good with the first four issues of this run. Right. So, you know, this was uh, writer Tom Taylor's, you know, chance to come on and show what he could do. And I think he did a great initial issue here with the, with his authority run. He, um, since, since the last creative team left us with a cliffhanger, it allowed Tom Taylor to just hit the ground running with this issue. I mean, uh, it opens up a great action, you know, the trio of, you know, Grifter, Deathblow, and Flint, like I said, fighting vampires who have stowed onto the Authority's carrier, you know, which we know is out in space, heading somewhere. And um, so we just have an, an awesome battle scene here at the beginning of them versus the vampires. Um, obviously, the crowning moment is when a vampire tries to bite Flint on the neck and breaks her teeth. <laughs> and then Flint, you know, gives tit for tat and bites the vampire on the neck. <laughs> yeah. And kills her and evaporates and uh, I thought that was pretty cool and even Grifter and Deathblow are taken back by that. <laughs> so um this is a trio by the way that I never thought I'd see, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very eclectic. And uh so, you know, he's making it work big time. You know, like I said, he's picking up the threads from the last creative team and just he's just he's he's just continuing the story, you know, and um you know, they're dealing with it, this this infestation and you know, some of the characters we've been seeing coming up um, you know, obviously Angie, you know, the the engineer, she is the carrier now, you know, so she's trying to decide what to do about the vampires. You know, meanwhile, 
we get we get caught up with a uh, rainmaker and freefall who come in basically helping the fray, and we see that freefall has gotten pretty powerful. <laughs> yes, I yeah I mentioned that you know a couple episodes ago I said you know there's been huge setup over the last year with Roxy learning. And what does she do? She pancakes a dude. <laughs> Just completely sp- splatters him to yeah. the ground. Well, what's funny about that scene is that, you know, they're fighting off the minions, I guess you could say, and then there's the one she attacks. He looks like what you consider a boss, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yes. You know, and it's like, oh, this is going to be a new character. He's going to be the leader of the vampires. No, she kills him in the next panel by... You know, just smashing, you know, I'm sure the gravity field around him and just smashes him into a pile of, you know, goo, basically. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much, I think, what happened. And that was awesome. And it was kind of, I mean, it's kind of comedic, you know, it's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there was so much comedy strewn throughout this. I'll, I'll let you continue and then I'll, I'll say my piece because, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Did you chime in whatever you want? I mean, uh, I mean, obviously. People can tell tonight which issues we really enjoyed and which ones we did. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, okay, you know, the engineer's reaction, obviously, since she's part of the ship now and she's not necessarily all Angie anymore. She's mainly carrier. You know, her her decision is to well, let's just vent them all out the airlock, Vamp- vampires, heroes, civilians, and all. You know, which is a very 2001 a space odyssey how how type thing to do yes yes yeah (laughs) and um you know hawksmore threatens to go against her and she basically tells him you can't do anything and he reminds her yes i can and we get another glimpse of jack's box which we still don't know what's in it (laughs) and this issue doesn't tell us and there's a really cool i mean just everything just starts coming together that's why I'll tell you right off the bat, this is not this is not a good jumping on point because since they're picking up the threads from the other team, there's so many things here that I wouldn't even want to just drop you in the middle of because not only would you be confused, but you wouldn't be able to appreciate what's going on here. You know? Probably true, but still pick up the issue. It's freaking awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean this would be the equivalent of you, you know, flipping through the channels one afternoon and you come in the middle of a big action scene in a movie and you're like, "Oh, this is cool." You know, yeah. you, you're not going to really know what's going on, but you could appreciate the action. But that that's what I'm saying cuz the, the next scene that I wanted to talk about was a uh, synergy, Christine Trelane, you know, running up to the high and basically telling them, "You look, we we need you, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, you you're no good to us dead, you know, cuz basically he's dying." He has no power anymore, and she's offering to use her power, which is to reactivate his, you know. And so he finally agrees. I mean, that's that's an awesome continuation of his story, as we'll see in a minute, because Angie decides to vent the <laughs> infestation. So, mm-hmm. so we lose a bunch of vampires and civilians, and we almost lose Grifter and Deathblow, but Flint's able to hold on to them. And the second wave... You know that that Roxy and and Rainmaker are dealing with are starting to overwhelm them. Rainmaker gets knocked out, and then all of a sudden, you know, I love scenes like this—the arrival of the High at the battle. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's nothing like the arrival of of a of a hero at the battle. I mean, there's something about that cal- cavalry type scene. The cavalry has arrived. You know, that's great, and with the High fully repowered and 
and back and helping to fight, you know, and he grabs the the uh carrier doors and literally just, you know, pulls them back together to seal the the breach. I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, obviously I'm sure somewhere in the back of my mind it invokes images of Superman, but you know <laughs> but this is uh you know, this is one of Wildstorm Superman, obviously Majestic being the other. And uh and here we come to the part which which I which further proved that they were continuing the threads because this one of the strengths that I saw in, in the previous creative team that I'm seeing here right away is their use of sci-fi element. Yeah. You know, because you know, back with the with DNA's arc when they did, you know, the authority, theirs was all about deconstructing the team and then putting them back together in a way that hopefully they learned something from that. This seems to be like, you know, we're out in space. Let's take advantage of that. Let's let's put some some high concept sci-fi things in here and I mean basically what Angie does is she 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 makes the carrier transparent when they when they near a solar system with a sun. So guess what happens to the vampires when <laughs> when the carrier becomes transparent <laughs> and the sunlight you know shines through. I mean that is that's an awesome, I mean, just awesome scene. And you know, Mike Mike Miller's art on that, showing the transparent carrier, and I mean, it's just incredible. And that concept to me was like, wow. I mean, I literally said that out loud when I'm reading the issue, you know, because I love yeah. I love good sci-fi concepts, and um, that was just great. And I'll I'll let you finish off talking about Grifter Deathblow and uh, Flint. <laughs> well, I I can't even just jump to that point i mean i just talking about this issue like i'm smiling from ear to ear you can't see me right now but this issue was ridiculous i'm just gonna get it out right away because Uh i I know i i crushed the lost year and i've been all over the map tonight but to me this issue was a 10 oh wow i I don't know I, i mean i was reading it and just laughing the art by mike miller gorgeous the writing awesome chris Stryker from the higher authority if you guys haven't checked it out did an awesome interview with tom taylor about this issue he gets the Wildstorm universe he was super super excited you could tell in the interview to write this this issue was just amazing i mean the humor the action everything the Oh, the spreads, like the big shot of the carrier, everything. It was gorgeous. So the end here with Deathblow, Flint, and Grifter. <laughs> I mean, there's been this sexual undertone in the last couple issues that they've been flirting with. And Flint just literally picks up Grifter and takes him. <laughs> I mean, you know what they're going to do. And then... <laughs> There's even this little joke between Grifter and Deathblow as she's carrying him away about them possibly giving a high five, which they totally are doing behind her back. And it is priceless. I mean, the looks on their faces, like I said, Mike Miller just killed this issue. Every, like, I even posted on the boards, Flint looks gorgeous. Every, every, every single person in this issue looks amazing and the even like the death scenes of the vampires 
everything. It's phenomenal. Like, I can't get over this issue. I, I haven't read anything so fun in a long time. I, they just jumped onto this and they nailed it. Every single piece. I, I can't say anything else. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, last I think last episode you talked about, you know, you don't know what that magic 10 number is. You just described it. I mean, it's like you you're smiling ear to ear and you you know, just that excitement you feel, that's that that's what you you know, and uh that's cool. I mean, I mean, I, I ended up giving an 8, which now you're making me feel bad for doing that. You're crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but anyway, it's on its way to greatness, and you're just saying that it already is there, okay? I'm Whatever. Sorry. It was excellent. It was at least a nine. <laughs> I Come on, just because the other books weren't that great? Just... Well, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the overarching thing just pulling me down. I don't know. <laughs> but it was really good. I mean, um, and besides, my review's already on the site. I can't change it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Fair enough. Uh, oh, by the way, if y'all want to go check out Chris Stryker's interview with Tom Taylor, uh, his website is theauthority.ws, and that's just it. That's all you got to type in, and it's, that's the higher authority website. Good plug, and it's a good read. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, you guys, you'll see how much how enthusiastic Tom Taylor. I mean, we thought Tim Seeley and them were were enthusiastic about Wildcats. Yeah. I mean. He he is quickly turning into that for the authority, which is great because I mean to have two teams that are that enthusiastic about what they're writing. I mean, what more can you ask for? I know, and to see how excited he was to get this book, and to see what those two did with the first issue. Oh my gosh! I the next month can't get here fast enough. I I cannot wait to read this. Yeah, and they're going to be on till the end of the year, by the way. So. Oh. Yeah, so you got eight issues of them, and um, I got my fingers crossed. I am pumped. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited. All right, I'll move on to Sparta. <laughs> All right, guys, Sparta USA number three by David Lapham and Johnny Timmons. Um, we are at the midpoint of this crazy creator own football, whatever it is. I don't know what to call it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) This issue um, really has our main character, Godfrey, who is red, by the way. I'll just remind you guys. Red guy, good guy. (laughs) He he explains to a group of the uh, people that live in Sparta how pregnancy works odd in a comic book not sure we really needed that (laughs) (laughs) and then we go into this story about him taking johnny who is who is the town's hero before godfrey kicked the crap out of him and he's taking johnny into the woods to i guess test him and he takes them into the woods it's snowing out it's cold and drops them off and leaves them for the night and i mean there's there's shots of the yeti so johnny is not a happy person right now he's he's probably crapping his pants honestly (laughs) (laughs) um 
there's a, there's a little bit about you know what the team is doing without him because he is the team basically. Uh, we do get a lot of background on Johnny and and what his motivation is with hooking up with Godfrey because like I said, he kicked the crap out of him. He basically destroyed his career and. Godfrey, I guess, sees him as somebody that can help his cause with Maestro. And he, he his promise to heal Johnny and get him back out on the field. But Johnny is kind of on the fence between Maestro and Godfrey. You, you see him as, you know, he can go either way right now. And we don't know which way that's going to be, I guess, I really saw this story as being all about Godfrey, but really he has a linchpin right now, and Johnny's going to be more important in the future, as as you can read in this issue. Um, <laughs> we have his hair, Godfrey's harem of women that are living in his house and helping him with his cause. We we see him and his wife dealing with that issue. I mean, I figured in the last issue when we saw her kind of at the end of the issue and and she, you know, obviously you can tell she was the woman to just, you know, kick the crap out of these women. Like, what are you thinking? But she doesn't do that. She kind of becomes their leader, which surprised the crap out of me. I mean, I thought she was going to, you know, take charge of that and be like, no, you're not seeing anybody but me. But and I didn't even expect her to kind of help out with Godfrey's cause as well. And, and I guess that she is. It, I don't know. There's odd family things going on here. It, I don't know what to say about this. This book is still <laughs> strange to me. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> I know. And I've read other reviews on it. I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, it is just weird. You know, I would really... Uh, <clears throat> I would have really loved to hand this off to my my brother because he loves David Lynch and you know kind of that kind of weird film stuff and I would love to get his take on it because it seems that everybody I hear talks about those kind of films when they compare it to this you know cuz you have to get in that weird mindset otherwise you're not going to appreciate this book cuz it's just going to blow you. the weirdness is just going to turn you off you know which is what's in danger of doing for me honestly <laughs> yeah I, I, to be honest i think it's tough to read as a monthly i think when it trades i think it'll actually be a pretty great story but right now it is a little tough to read yeah i don't know i, I gave this book a five i thought it was average i it started out for me. I was very excited to read this. The setup issue was I thought was great. Issue number two, I thought cliffhangered very well. And this issue kind of, it's starting to wane on me. Yeah. No, I, I ended up giving it a, a six, but that's still bringing it down from my other two because the same as you, I just, you know, when you set up, it's like we were saying in Garrison. Yeah, Garrison had a mystery and we'll see how, how, how long that goes. But here, not only do we have a mystery, but you're trying to get us to understand this world, which is, I mean, it's, it's got some rules to it and things that we don't understand. And I think it's that struggle of, well, where do I put my focus on? Do I focus on the mystery? Do I focus on trying to figure out what's this world all about? 
why why do people not know about pregnancy? Why do they think? Why do they literally think the stork brings the babies? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. You know, it's like okay, you know, and apparently the apparently the thing is, you know, their morals uh, dictate that you can be married, but you can still have your harem of women. And I think what is it? Your wife, she can't make a big deal. Or oh, I know what it is. You can't be open about it. You have to keep it secret, and it's right. if you bring it out into the open, then that's inappropriate. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I, I guess there was a lot of undertones that we see, like the not corruption, but we see, like you said, the weird morals that Maestro has established upon this society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just it. Basically, the rules that they have in place just breed chaos. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, his wife's there. And, and, I mean, they literally try to kill each other. The the uh, doesn't she tries to kill one of the women, or one of the women tries to kill her by poisoning her. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is yeah. the kind of stuff that goes on, you know. And yeah. Yeah, and the other thing where you know they help themselves out. So there's thievery between families and groups of people but it's okay and and it's not like the 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 town itself is chaotic like people are totally chill and i don't know if that's the reason why football is so huge to get people to you know ignore all that other really oddball behavior not sure like i said it's weird i don't know (laughs) yeah i I know i'm sure people are tired of us using that word for this book but it's like Find me a synonym, and I will use it, because it still means the same thing. (laughs) It's strange, people. (laughs) But yeah, like you said, I think I talked to, I think I mentioned this like an issue one or two, and like you just said, it is probably going to read better all in one sitting, because it's, I mean, yeah, it's month to month, but, and they're coming out on time, obviously. Well, just to mention a couple of issues that we didn't cover, um, there's two series that are ending or, or that it have ended now. Um, Victorian Undead, number six of six, came out. And uh, I've heard some pretty good things about that, so I'll probably check that out in trade. And Astro City, The Dark Age, book four, number four of four, <laughs> came out. So, um, unfortunately, I, don't, I haven't followed Astro City, but I know it's a fan favorite, so I... Yeah, I never have. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I've read the original trade and it was really good, and I would love to get into it. But um, you know, feel free, like uh, like Image Addiction's always asking for free issues. Feel free to send us free issues; we'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, be sure to visit our sponsors at Discount Comic Book Service. Um, you can find that at dcbservice.com. Um, for the latest issues, if you're looking for trades, head over to InStockTrades.com. Um, you can get there by going to our banner at the Comic Addiction website, which is thecomicaddiction.com. Um, we don't have any trades to mention from Wildstorm the last couple weeks, but uh, hit up our sponsors. That, that really helps us out. Yeah, go buy all the World's in trades if you haven't yet. <laughs> Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> And if you want to get a hold of us, um, you can catch me on Twitter at Grifter78. Or you can catch both me and Ben at the Wildstorm Resource Wiki. Just type that into Google and it'll be the first thing that comes up. 
Uh, I also help run the Gen 13 Club on DeviantArt, so you can head over there, check us out. We do have that contest running. Rebecca Isaac's going to provide the, the sketch prize for that. So head on over and join. It's free if you want to enter that contest. It's good till July 1st. Um, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at WildstormAddict, or you can email us at WildstormAddiction at gmail.com. We had a lot of issues to cover tonight, and hopefully uh, our goal is to keep this under an hour. So we'll see if we, <laughs> we accomplish that. I think we did. And uh, so anyway, uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you all in a few weeks. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Wild Addiction Podcast. This is episode number three for the weeks of 428 and 5-5. Oh, let me do that again. 5-5? <laughs> oh, that sucks. You changed right. the name of our podcast. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, okay. Yes. Take a deep breath. Yeah, I'll try to I think we're restricting ourselves too much. Here. No, 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 no. I was just excited <laughs> about the 830 thing. All right. Let me try that again. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Wild Addiction Podcast. Oh, why did I do that again? <laughs> All right. Third time's the charm. <laughs> like Hal's got a control of my computer oh, no. <laughs> or even worse Angie yeah <laughs> oh I forgot to talk about that her excitement like there there was that moment when I, she was with Roxy I think and uh you know she looks at her and you can tell that Angie kind of takes over from the or you know from the carriers persona mm. And yeah. she looks at her and she's like, we're coming up on a sun. And yeah. you could just see that expression. That's why I was like, man, Mark Miller nailed this whole issue. And she yeah. was totally genuinely enthusiastic. And to see that enthusiasm, what she did with it, <laughs> just yeah. classic. She makes yeah. the carrier transparent and just fries everybody. Oh, I love that yeah. issue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you record all that and you add it in later? <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. So, <laughs> all right. Sorry, I'm uh, making it 18 minutes for that review now. <laughs>